Oops. Welcome to Spitball. <laughs> Hello. Um, episode two. We're back on the air. We are. Time. <laughs> History. Actually. So, um, I had an idea. I like. I found. We were discussing last week about um, what it meant to well, seven common traits of um, intelligent people, and. Mm-hmm. I thought of a definition, but I forget that. Um, for intelligent? For no, it wasn't intelligent, but it was a definition of something that we talked about, and it was really interesting to me, and I want to discuss it. But hope, hopefully, next time will come back to me. But for now, I will. It's my turn, though. Next time, when it's my turn, we'll talk about it. <laughs> I want to talk about what it means to be a teenager. Because I feel like being a teenager at the moment, there's like this gap between adult and child of this weird age. And adults, they want to take care of you, but they kind of put sometimes put their needs before yours in some ways. Mm-hmm. And it seems as though at times they care more about someone, one of their problems than one of the smaller problems and one of your big ones. That's a pretty heavy accusation, Joshua. <laughs> it's not always. Like, they're definitely, the uh, adults are great and they help teenagers, but we feel like the most important thing that really needs to be solved isn't being solved. And do you feel like that's an inherently a problem with raising teenagers? It's not a problem with raising teenagers. It's more of a side effect that as a teenager, you you go through many many different types of things. And yeah, like, so many types. <laughs> <laughs> so Just like, like so. <laughs> I feel as though there's a when you're a teenager, um, you turn thirteen ish in like seventh or eighth grade. Wait. And, so wait. Yeah. I and, just want to like define teenager for a minute. So do you think it's exclusively to the ages of thirteen to nineteen? Or so, do you mean I say, 13 to adult, which is like 13 to 17? Yeah, so I teenager defines more of like 13 to seven, to 19 because teen, that's what a teenager is. Though I, I definitely feel as though a teenager is more of someone who is in, it goes through high school most of the, most that, that time and who goes through a lot, a lot of changes very quickly. I feel as though when you're 13 to 17, your body's changing as well as your mind and the people around you, and compared to other ages, other age range, more happens in that time. Well, that's not necessarily true. When you first come out of the womb, (laughs) your brain sensors are firing on all cylinders. You're just like... That's well, why babies cry all the time. More, it's overstimulated. I feel like it's more conscious when you're a teenager. You well, obviously more conscious, so it's it's a bigger deal. Like when you're one years old, you don't I don't necessarily remember what life was like when I was one. Yeah, but I don't know that many teenagers would necessarily. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I guess I don't know if they would cite it as like a a period of growth so much as just a period of. Like, lots of stuff. Like, a lot of outward pressures rather than, mm-hmm. like, inward development. Being a teen is 
I don't know if it's, it could be considered one of the hard, more of the one of the harder parts of life. Um, there definitely are hard parts, but I guess it depends on who you are and where you come mm-hmm. from. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Many people can have very, very hard teenage lives, and others considerably easy ones. But it also depends on like how you like when you were a teenager, because. Oh yeah. Like when, like were you a teenager during? Only nineties kids will know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I just think that teenagers, as I am one, we get uh, a better understanding of the adult world. We see it more directly. Um, as a kid, I think personally, when you're eight or nine, you. So adults can sometimes, like, you go one minute saying, I love you, I love you, and the next minute, I hate you, I hate you, because you're not I getting like something you want. I feel like that's more of a teenager thing, because all, all of them mood swings. Well, yeah, yes, but as Especially a kid... when you're, like, starting to build your first relationships and everything's confusing, and you're like, oh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be with this person for the rest of... Forever, I'm 18 and I'm done. <laughs> I found her. I'm done. And then you're like, what the heck? <laughs> um, it's just, as a child, everything seems like you don't, you know, I don't necessarily think you're looking too far ahead in the future. Um, you're looking maybe a year, a month in advance. You're not looking, as a teenager, you're looking four to two years in advance sometimes, four, four months to two years in advance. Like, especially when you're a senior in high school, you're looking towards colleges and what's life going to be like in college. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, there's a bigger gap between the future and, like, how you see the future. And so when you're a teenager, the future, I think, is more scary at times because there's a lot, a lot of uncertainty. Well, you're, what, you're much more equipped to deal with that uncertainty when you are a teenager. Otherwise, there'd be no point of in growing up. I, I've always felt like the older you get, just the more complicated your life is. Only some people are starting to tell me that that's not necessarily the case. <laughs> um, but I just always thought that it was like, oh, when you're a kid, you have a limited amount of foresight into the future because you've only lived a certain amount of time. And then when you get older, you, that, that time grows exponentially until you imagine how you're going to die. Definitely... True. Growing up is a big part of growing up. growing up. Does growing up then mean that you have to go through things that will, like, when you grow up, you go through many, many different changes and you experience things that you thought you'd never experienced, that you thought you would never experience ever in your life. And it molds the way you will then see the rest of your life and how you will act towards other people. And I'm wondering that when you are growing up and you're not the way you are being, not really like raised, but like more taught-ish, like you're- Like reared? Reared, yeah, like getting kind of like pushed in a direction, showed a place. And if you're pushed in a direction that's not the best or just not pushed at all, does that in the end change a lot of how you act as an adult? Um, If you- never really learn the right and wrong, like the how to understand an argument from a debate and how do you 
keep a, uh, a discussion, a discussion, not turn into um, a full-blown argument. And if you never understand that, that can really change the way you act with others. And, and that's where, like, it comes back to being a teenager. Like, you... Part of being a teenager is growing up by yourself, but also getting a helping hand by people who have done it and know, not necessarily the rights and wrongs, but like... Wait, but when you say people who've already done it, do you mean like adults or people who've studied... Adults. Psychology? Because I don't think that like, just because you have gone through it doesn't mean you know how to navigate it. It definitely doesn't. It definitely does. Better than um, it de- yeah, but it, it, you would want advice from someone who usually it's older than you. Like you, when you try something new, you want to know what it's like before you usually do it. I find like the, the opposite is true. I mean, you've seen like Buzzfeed videos of like, oh, we ask five-year-olds for relationship <laughs> advice and it's like solid. Well, that's funny. Like, no, because it's like naive and removed enough from reality that you figure out what's important instead of like, like just going off of socialized fears of what we've been taught to do. Just falling into the same traps, essentially. If I if someone was to ask me, like, hey, how do you even write like a college essay? I would be like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've gotten good at it, but I wouldn't be able to explain it to the slightest. Well, point. It's more for me. It's more about educating them in a way where they can get a better understanding of life around you. While you can't always know how to write the essay from someone who's already done it because an essay's your own, you can get advice on how to write an essay. On like, no, that's the thing. I wouldn't even know where to start for advice. Like, I could say, oh, just be yourself. But that's probably the worst, like, most paralyzing advice anyone's ever given me. And it's been, like, wildly unproductive. Mm-hmm. So I would just say nothing. Well, it takes practice. To give advice? To, to give advice. Like, how many essays have you written? I don't even know. I've lost count. And how many, like, and how many do you consider that your best work? Like, how much time do you put into them? And, like, kind of, like, the only way to learn something is to make mistakes. And so if you make tons and tons of mistakes on something, if I've made tons and tons of mistakes on when I was growing up and I have witnessed the big black depths of awfulness and have also experienced what amazing things there are I would I would definitely want said teenager if they were asking for my my advice on like not necessarily how to grow up but just how to how to be a better person as a teenager how to like try and con- contribute instead of just taking and I would want to tell them not necessarily don't go in, like, don't steer away from the black depth hole, deep holes, because they will, like, they may shape you. But don't try and go to them because you can. Um, they were a mistake, and I learned from that mistake. And so you would, the goal of learning is to make a mistake, because that's how you learn best. And so if you make enough mistakes, you begin to learn more and more. But if, I just say that to the teenager that very basic things it can just helps them as well like mm-hmm. it just helps them know that this like this part will 
very much help shape the rest of the way you are in life. Yeah, but just, like, I'm usually all for that, like, growth mindset and learning from other people's mistakes, but just, like, to go back to that college metaphor, it's, like, you only have one shot, basically. You turn in a certain topic, an essay on a certain topic, and they, they say yes or no. It's not like they give it back to you with feedback, and then you get another chance, and then you get a grade at the end of the year for the probability of whether you will succeed at the school. It's just, like, yes or no. Okay, here's a question for you. How do you feel about that um, strange thing that got passed in San Francisco that says that 14-year-olds can't vote? I'm not saying it's strange that 14-year-olds can't vote. I think that's fair. But it's mm-hmm. strange that it was on the ballot, especially um, in this climate, I, political climate. I agree that 14-year-olds shouldn't vote. Um, as teenagers, as I said, we take so much in, and we, are, we can be very, very naive. Um, and as well as being a teenager, um, you, at sometimes you just want to fit in because sometimes you stick out so much and you just want someone to recognize you and just know that you're not a blank piece of space. And so sometimes the best way to do that is to do what they like. So if you have this one popular person in a school that is... 17 and the voting age is 14 and you're, four, and you're 14 as well or whatever I and mean, you want to be noticed by that person he's like pro pro gun pro guns yeah pro yeah. pro gun law like yes it's we pro-life. should have guns here you, and you may not even believe with guns you may hate them you may have a really bad experience with them but will that stop you from wanting to fit in with that person um, you might get outed for... You could just lie. You, you could just yeah, lie, could but... It, sometimes there's that risk of, like, maybe you've lied before and someone's found out and you don't want to lie again. And that's just... Mm. Too much of a risk. Too much of a risk for someone to do that. And then, once say you do vote anti-gun and half the school, half the popular people vote gun, pro-gun... And then you might get outed for voting it, and you might get pushed on and battered for it. And so it's, it's like a big danger. Like, there are very well-educated 15, 16, 14-year-olds that know what they would be voting about, but then there's that other group of people that vote because they can't um, or vote because they want to fit in. And I'm sure that... There are more people that want to fit in, and there are people that are educated in that idea. Hmm, that's interesting. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, let's talk about teenagers, because you mentioned, like, how people raise them. Well, there's this piece of paper above the director of our school's desk. It's, it's called Parenting Your Teenager with Compassionate Detachment. Yeah, so it says things like, teenagers need to make dumb mistakes to get smart. That's the first one. Pretty cool. second one is, like, be alert but not alarmed. Um, Number nine is one that I really like. It says, remind yourself that they are unlikely to fulfill all your dreams or all of your nightmares. And also, be observant without spying or prying. Remind yourself that watching dumb YouTube videos is a helpful form of decompression and entertainment for teenagers. 
I think parents sometimes might judge their teenager a bit too much. They might themselves wonder, is this worth it in the end? And, like, sometimes I think parents judge their kid too much and but I think all the end uh, in the end they're just they just are worried about them and they want them to be okay I don't know if just caring about them is on there like just make sure to say that you love them because that's sometimes all a teenager needs to hear yeah number four is love them but do not worship them like idols or despise them when they let you down pretty much do that you don't you don't want to say to a teenager that was awful because say that enough and it'll become true for the teenager. Um, teenagers' minds are like that, I guess. And like, there's a study of like something, like if a teenager gets told something over and over again, it starts to become true in their mind and just like circulates them. And it's almost like teenagers' minds are almost dangerous in a way. They want so much, they take in so much every single day, they're always like in doing something, but. Sometimes if they take in too much, it becomes dangerous. There's this, um... Oh. What? Erickson's eight stages of progressive psychosocial development. Here it is. Alright. Okay. Um, yeah, so infancy uh, to one year is trust versus mistrust. Um, the toddler, the issue is autonomy versus shame and doubt, preschool... Three to six years, initiative versus guilt. Elementary school is competence competence versus inferiority. And adolescence is identity versus role confusion. So it's... So adolescence, which here is defined as teen years into 20s, is marked by a tension between the wanting to make your own way in the world and wanting to... Um, conform to a role and like, commit to something. Definitely see that. As a teenager, you... You? Like me. Whoever. I. Whoever. I. As a teenager, you definitely can become confused with what, how you think of yourself or how you see yourself. And sometimes you just want to know maybe what is your purpose here? Why did I, why am I going down this road of all roads? Being a teenager, you do go through many difficulties of those certain things. I think a very important part of helping someone, uh, helping a teenager know themselves is by being there for them almost. Like, teenagers, as for, like, I am very persistent. I, um, I had my feelings. It's true. I very, very rarely talk about myself, and um, being persistent helps with that, but persistent in a non-annoying way. Um, so... It's just, um, if you go through so much in what feels like so little time, and so you need the right tools. Like what? So what's your point, Josh? 
I think my point is though that as a teenager, you sometimes rely on things. Um, like what? Um, like friends, family. Um, if you get accustomed to certain things, you've got to um, like sometimes take them for granted because they become so normal. And as soon as one anomaly gets in the way, sometimes it breaks down like your wall of trust or wall of whatever. I think being a teenager is when you when you are beginning to take what, in what it means to be a grown up and take what it what it means to begin to move from adolescence to um, whatever the next one was. Adulthood. Adulthood. Thank you. I, forget, I thought that was something else, but it wasn't. It was like that spot in time and. Um, it seems like as though something that you want or something that you feel comfortable with is falling apart and what is happening to what the tools the tools that need to be that need to be used in order to fix the problem it sometimes feels as though those tools aren't working or they're just not bro- or they're broken or they just aren't even there um I think my experience of being a teenager may be drastically different from yours because of different gender roles that are being made more apparent as I get older. Like when you get to be a teenager and you're a girl, you like get your period and there's like all that shame that you feel when you like have your period because it's like, oh no. And that's just like your body's programmed response to like feel shame because you just get pregnant or whatever. It's like really terrible. And then you start feeling that as young as like ten year olds are feeling that, and it's like that age is getting younger and younger. So, so like girls, they have to act like they're adults when they're like ten, but guys aren't really expected to act like adults until they're like twenty. Like the other thing is like you never hear of a teen dad because guys aren't supposed to guys aren't like made to be responsible for the children that they. Create, but you always hear about like teen moms because they're the ones that get left in the dust. Mm-hmm. And so, backtracking to feeling ashamed because of your period or feeling that it's feeling. It's like both. It's like, oh, feel ashamed if you're pregnant, you kind of feel ashamed if you get your period. Now, I, I can sort of see teen pregnancy, like, if it's not meant to happen, um, but if you... Not meant to happen? Like, sorry, if, it, if you don't want to have a baby as a teen, some people totally do, and that's good. Like, if you want a baby and you're ready to have one... Well, if we're not allowing teenagers to vote, then why would, why would we allow them to have children? I'm just saying that if... It's technically not legal. <laughs> well, age of consent, depending on what age of consent it is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, I feel like that's to protect them from... Like, have you ever heard corruption of a minor is a crime? So, like, I feel like putting a minor in a position that they have to raise a child by themselves is, like, corrupting them a little. It's, like, disadvantaging them. I think, though, that back to the feeling ashamed because of your body's natural thing... Why should you be ashamed of that in the first place? Because of the patriarchy. I get that, but like, 
I understand that, but they're... You're telling me that if I came into school and I just had blood all over my legs, you wouldn't say anything. <laughs> you would just be like a perfect non-judgmental, <sighs> non-chauvinist, perfect gentleman, and you wouldn't say anything. I'm saying that... Because <laughs> I find that very hard to believe. <laughs> if you were to walk in with blood all over your legs the next tomorrow morning, I would be very... I would... I would be borderline concerned and borderline you do you. <laughs> I'd be like, I would come up to you and be like, ask you, hey, is this like, is this, like, I'd be worried because like. Hey, so you're, you ride on transit for an hour and a half before you get to school. Have you noticed that there's blood all over your legs? That's what you say, would say to me. You would, you would think that I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, I would be, so my first thought is that maybe you like. I don't really know because I, I, can, I can't really picture that happening. You just walk in like with blood over your legs. I can't really see that. But if if it did happen, I think I'd be like more of. I would be more concerned. I would be. I I think my first thought would be like, did did you get hurt, or did you just forget to put a tampon on it or something? <laughs> I, I'm not. So. Okay. I w- so that would be my first question, and if you just said, give me an answer, a straightforward answer, be like, okay, cool. Okay. You do you. <laughs> and I, I think that I would be a bit like, okay, strange, but not the craziest thing I've heard or seen. Or, Josh. But I just, it is, I think it's a stereotype, or not, not even a stereotype, but just like... A stigma, thank you, that if something happens that is out of your control, it's kind of bad, I think. Or something that not everybody is okay with is bad. Well, we're still expected to control it. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, women are supposed to, are expected to, like, control their hormonal urges when they're on their period. But guys aren't, like, expected, like, when they're like, oh... He raped her, but he only had three months in jail. It's no big deal. <laughs> he can't control himself. He was drunk. Whatever. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> oh, he felt you up? Oh, well, let's um, conduct an, an, a fake investigation for a few months, and then um, we'll get back to you. There are different stigmas for both for different genders, and and while those stigmas are awful... It is up to the people that are in, more in charge to help the person grow up. Um, like, as I said, let's go back to that. Like, mm-hmm. A lot of these things wouldn't happen if someone... Yeah, that's the thing. These stigmas are enacted by grown-ass men who are just grossed out by but, women being tougher than them. But no. this... It, it, that's true. That's true. Yes. Now, does that like when you think about it, there are people that um kind of shape the way people look at life. And as I said, as a teenager, this would take most of your stuff in. So when you're growing up in a household that has grown up like that, where they think that if someone, if a woman is stronger than them, that's awful. If some, if a if a black person is stronger than them, that's not good, because there are I'm sure there are people out there that do that think that's things, and 
it is up to this generation and the coming generations to change those stigmas. They are, it's up to them to change the way well, they don't, people... Well, some people don't want to. I mean, and like, that's the thing. Like, old people are shitting on the millennials like every other day. And yes, but in the end, mil- these next coming generations are going to be 100% our future. And so if you have tons and tons of people start to teach the new generation that... This is completely normal. This is what life is. This is what life is has shall always be. And then you're gonna have those people that don't believe that. I don't know if they're gonna try to put their way back in, but over time, if you have enough people start to build this kind of movement to change the way people look at these things, it will completely change the way the world acts as a whole. Yeah, but maybe it'll backfire because I thought we were getting progress with the first president and now Donald Trump is in the White House when he was endorsed by the KKK Grand Wizard asshole. <laughs> so isn't that like a sign that progress is not immune to backlash? No, because yes. while that no, because while that did happen and while that wasn't that wasn't yeah, what people were hoping for. The What's happening afterwards is much, much, much a bigger deal. People are people that thought they didn't have voices realize now that other people are now like even though you have a president that is a white supremacist, supremacist, and someone thought like I'm just a person that can't make a difference and I'm underage doesn't even matter. Like you are gonna have hundreds of thousands of people marching on inauguration day, marching against it, like. While it is a bad thing, it is bringing people closer together because people are trying to realize that they're not being out anymore. Well, this is what it's bringing the people that think the same way closer together, and that's what was already happening. Yes, but that is that is already happening. Opposing sides are getting more and more polarized. That's yes, and as I said, while that's why you need the world to actually start changing, just because one bad thing happens that. Well, some people don't think it's a bad thing. So they're not going to work with you. Because you think it's a bad thing that it happened. I'm saying that if one bad thing happens and it, and it stops you from doing anything else, then why should you be fighting the good fight? If you think there's nothing to fight for. You don't... Are you saying you don't give up or you don't keep trying for a worthless cause? I'm not confused. If one bad thing happens to you in a way where it makes you think differently or act differently or feel differently, it shouldn't stop you from continuing doing what you were doing in the first place. Someone that many people disagree with became president. And yes, some many people do agree with that person. And that is not stopping many people from... My point I'm trying to get at is you can't let one big problem stop your whole life. No, but if you have a big problem, and the life that you were leading was leading up to that problem... You may be do, doing something wrong, and it may be valuable to so stop and reevaluate what you're doing with your time. But Which I think if you were, what but a lot of people are doing right now, I think it's senseless to keep on chugging along like nothing's wrong. 
<laughs> Some, so, but that's not always the case. Sometimes you're fighting for something you believe in with many other people that fight with you, but you have a bigger group of people that is disagreeing with your idea, but your idea is working. It's gaining people that you thought you wouldn't gain. And so why would you stop that when you have such good progress? Why would you stop something when you have hundreds of people following you because they believe in what you believe in? If every if day by day... Well, maybe if, like before the election you're doing like peaceful protests, maybe on day three after the election you need to like ramp it up. <laughs> like this idea have to be like ramping it up and like causing riots, which is what happened like in Ferguson. <laughs> I'm saying though that not accomplished, I don't think, but that's I'm what saying happened. I'm saying what though is that if you're getting something done and it's getting and it's moving forward, don't let one thing stop you. Period. Wait, so if I'm if you have a train and the train is moving full steam ahead. And there's a broken bridge. No, not a broken bridge. Another train coming this way. You Don't can. let the other train stop you from keep continue going your way. You work your way around it. You build a bridge over it. You make a side rail. You. <laughs> that's I. And it doesn't matter how it works. Okay, it, I'm saying though that if you are gonna have something that is right in front of your path, and it's stopping you from going where you want to go. You as a as a person and as a open minded being and as someone who is eager for change and someone who wants the the world to be a place where it is not being held back by a tall white building. I'm just saying though that if something is in your way, you get around it. And one of those ways of getting around it is getting, not only being by yourself, because sometimes, especially a teenager, if sometimes you feel all alone when something happens against you. You feel like no one is there, gonna, no one's going to help you, or no one cares. And if just one little question of, hey, can you help me, it can make a huge difference. Yeah, but how do you balance, like, persistence and determination with, like, the definition of insanity, which is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? Can you elaborate? Well, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, because if you you expect... Because if you keep doing the same thing and all the conditions are the same, why would you expect... A different result if not you haven't changed any of your variables. The the idea at the core of trial and error is that you try one thing and then you try a different thing, you try another different thing, and you keep on flowing that pattern until something sticks. But if you keep if you like just cycling around, then that's just circular thinking. You're not going to get anything done. If something is working and you are getting a result that is positive. You can change it, but why would you when it's working? If, it, if you see a change, 
that is negative, then it may be time for you to reevaluate your plan. The world's changing very, very fast. And if you see something not working, then try something else. Reevaluate. Take into consideration what was working and now what seems to not working. Mm, I get that many people think that, like, if you... If something's working really, really well, you should keep doing that over and over and over again. But there's a time, there's a point in time where you need to just stop, take a break on the subject and what you're working on, and just really understand what it means to understand what's working, what's not working. It's not easy to have change. Change is one of the hardest things to ever achieve in life. It's the change is the only constant. Change is the only constant, but it's the constant everybody doesn't like. Because change happens so, so fast for everybody, and, it, and so many things change and in ways that they don't want to, for change to happen. And while you can always count on there to be change, it's not something you want to look for. Maybe that's the point of, like, being a teenager. Change. Being ready for change. Yeah. Well, you have it there, teenagers out there in the world. Whoever listening to this, we just well delved right into this giant, huge topic of craziness and change. Be ready for change. My name's Josh. (laughs) And this is Pitfall. Thanks for joining us again next week.